0: Let's do something special for this particular presentation recording episode. I would like you to think of yourself as a scientist, a general, a teacher, a writer. Honestly, folks, whatever a doctor, whatever you wanted to be or still want to be in your quote unquote professional or career based lives, envision that for a moment. Now envision you are the best in your field. In whatever respective field you've chosen, whether it's being, you know, a general, whether it's being a highly uh, respected scientist, you name it. Now, imagine one day, even honestly, even a a priest or anything of any type of, you know, religious, spiritual institution or again, you know, um, I guess you could say faction element, you name it. Now, imagine one day you get so high up in your respective, I guess you could say, chain of command, if you will, within said industry or said niche of the field that you're in. And you are then pulled into a private meeting with a handful of your other colleagues, um, you know, fellow um, religious leaders, uh, you know, fellow soldiers, generals, you name it. And all of a sudden, your life literally does a full-on 180, not in the physical, but in your mind. Why and how do I say this? Imagine you're a priest and everyone comes to you for, you know, for, let's just say for the, you know, Christian Catholic and they, they want to say, uh, you know, a uh, give confession and all of this. And then your priests call your fellow priests and and uh, archdiocese call you up and they say you must attend this particular meeting at this particular time, no ifs ands or buts. Okay. You then get to this meeting and long story short, you are essentially told that you have been a gatekeeper from a particular set or silo of information or cage of information metaphorically. That you yourself, your entire life, did not even realize you were protecting or, quote-unquote, protecting the masses from or against that information. In other words, you were pushing a particular narrative, agenda, set of points. Not saying that that's a bad thing per se, but you were pushing a particular set of points that were missing Other points to put the larger aspects of the puzzle together and you yourself didn't even realize you were protecting from and compartmentalizing that information from society. For example, someone comes to the priest, comes to you as a priest and says, you know, father, I want to, you know, delve into something called magic, you know, the Ouija board, things like this, if you will right? Poltergeist activity, all of that, as it's been generally labeled amongst, you know, North, North American, European, uh, mainstream culture and society. And you say immediately, because your whole life as a priest, you've been taught in your priesthood and all of that, this is absolutely terrible. This goes against God. This goes against everything. You immediately say, my, my son, my daughter, you, you don't do this. You don't do this. You realize in that meeting that technically speaking, you were not necessarily wrong or incorrect, For saying that to them, but you yourself were missing the whole picture and you were pushing these people away from getting closer to what may or may not have been, because it's not for me to say, a closer and more accurate response and dare I say truth to what everyone is looking for. So in other words, let me sum all of this up. You have been pushing people away from the gates without even realizing you yourself were guarding the gate. And I say this in all facets of life. Now, with that being said, I just want to say very quickly, we do have a Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Generation Z. Again, that is the only way that we ask for uh, support. And in return, I can confidently now say we give hundreds of hours of extra uh, content, whether it's uh, astrotheology, theology, esotericism, uh, astrophysics, uh, y- you name it. Um, alchemy, philosophy, uh, mathematics, we're jumping into every slice of the metaphorical pizza or pie. With that being said, right before I minimize my face, because that's enough for me, this episode today is called The Demon Core Harnessing Zero-Point Vacuum Fluctuations for Anti-Universe Synchronicities Okay, and I know a lot of you whether on the members' side or whether on the public side and if I don't know you that well again, I'm sure I'll get to know you soon because we've gratefully had a lot of people uh, sign up for the and subscribe to the channel lately a lot of people have been experiencing what's called synchronicities, if you will but first, before we get into that we need to understand what the demon core and what zero-point energy at least the, the baseline foundational premise of it all is. So let me minimize my screen here and we're going to let me just bring it right down to the corner there, and we're going to get started. So, according to Wikipedia, the Demon Core was a spherical 6.2-kilogram, or 14-pound, subcritical mass of plutonium, 89 millimeters, or 3.5 inches in diameter, manufactured during World War II by the United States nuclear weapon development effort, the Manhattan Project, as a fissile core for an early atomic bomb. It was involved in two critically, uh, critical... Uh, criticality accidents on August 21st, 1945 and May 21st, 1946, each of which killed a person. Now, the point of all of this, however, is that if we scroll down to manufacturing and early history, we see here the core of the device used in the Trinity nuclear test at the Alamogordo bombing and gunnery range in in July did not have such a ring, okay? Now, the reason for this is that we see here that the demon core, when assembled, was a sphere measuring 89 millimeters in diameter and consisted of three parts, two plutonium-gallium hemispheres and a ring designed to keep neutron flux from jetting out of the joint surface between the hemispheres during implosion. Now, the, the overall concept of this, respectively, folks, is that we need to understand the Manhattan Project and some of the more alleged intricacies behind it other than simply the atom bomb or the nuclear bomb. We need to understand that it is of my humble opinion. I could be very incorrect here. That these individuals were, and possibly still are, with respects to the dissemination of the chronology of you know their their sons and daughters and others you know, irrespective of their uh, particular uh, family vicinity of how close they were to each other, have passed on this role from the Manhattan Project up until today. Not necessarily a bad thing per se, but the reason I bring this up is because again, this speaks to my example I just gave of gatekeepers. Doing their quote-unquote day-to-day jobs, not even realizing the core of that job is being a gatekeeper, however, for the vast majority of the time, in my humble opinion, in a negative sense. Not being a gatekeeper in a good sense. A, a, a quote-unquote good gatekeeper in my personal books would be essentially, okay, the student, as they say in Gnosticism, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. To me, that is what I could, dare I say, call good gatekeeping, because if you expose too much information to people that are truly not, dare I say, um uh, ready yet in the sense of them wanting it, it actually could do more harm than good. Now, that speaks to a philosophical question of, okay, let's play devil's advocate. Who am I to make that decision or make that presumption, judgment, you name it. But again, let's just go with this premise for the sake of the episode. Now, what is zero point energy? Zero point energy is the lowest possible energy, according to Wikipedia, that a quantum mechanical system may have. Unlike in classical mechanics, quantum systems constantly fluctuate in their lowest energy state, as described by the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Therefore, even at absolute zero, atoms and molecules retain some vibrational motion. Here's what's interesting. Apart from atoms and molecules, the empty space of the vacuum also has these properties. According to quantum field theory, the universe can be thought of not as isolated particles, but continuous fluctuating fields, matter fields, whose quanta are fermions for example, leptons and quarks and force fields whose quanta are bosons. Now, for those that don't understand this, I promise you very shortly I, I will explain all of this in layman's terms. All these fields have zero-point energy. These fluctuating zero-point fields lead to a kind of reintroduction of an ether in physics, kind of like how James C. Maxwell's work was quote-unquote interpreted. Again, we can call that a conspiracy or not by Oliver Heaviside, Heinrich Hertz, and forgive me, there was one other gentleman, I, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, that removed the G element, which gave the concept Concept Or, uh, dare I say, the opening to pr- to what's called potentials, such as what Zero Point is uh, allegedly doing here, extracting energy from the quantum vacuum, right? From hyperspatial dimensions, as we see Dr. Halputov, Dr. Eric Davis, and a handful of others have uh, postulated in academic papers. Now, since some systems can detect the existence of this energy, again, it's possible, as they say, with quantum detectors. Now, here's the thing. I know a lot of people may say, oh my gosh, okay... Dave, you know, you're throwing around the word quantum the same way that people throw around the word consciousness. What is it? Honestly, I will give you my personal perspective. This does not mean I'm correct. I am of the humble opinion, I know this is a big statement to make, especially with someone with no formal educational background as myself, that atoms don't necessarily exist, per se. What I mean by that is atoms is simply the state of an electron, uh, dare I say, cloud, that seems to inhabit everything all around us. But when you zoom in even more, In the micro, which speaks to, again, fractality, scalability, as I spoke about with Mr. Cahill and Mr. Elizondo. This speaks to the concept of non-locality. When you zoom into an atom, you see what's called allegedly spooky action at a distance. Now, this speaks to me about there being a third strand of DNA, uh, potentially, and that DNA strand would be the center rod down the Naga DNA double helix, which would be biologically non-local, but again, we will get there shortly. Now, take a look at this. However, this ether, again, ether representing G, Maxwell's potential, about how there are other potentially other hyperspatial dimensions all around us, cannot be thought of as a physical medium if it is to be Lorentz invariant such that there is no contradiction with Einstein's theory of special relativity. I don't think Einstein was wrong in general relativity. I think there were things that were missing. Okay. now, if Einstein knew this, you know, uh, on a classified or sensitive level, that's not for me to say or comment on or speculate on. But the point is, is that zero point energy seems to wherever you go in space and time. Even outside of Earth, it's everywhere and nowhere simultaneously. However, it all comes back to what we call in modern human uh, society today, this Planck Scale, which speaks to Salvatore pays on Kurt Jai Mungle's show and all of this. And I mean, we can just go on and on about how the Planck Scale seems to inhabit that. Now, this actually, in my humble opinion, explains perfectly the Naga, the DNA, the double helix, all of that. But before we get to that we need to be able to establish a baseline for understanding zero-point energy. So, zero-point energy as I understand it. Now, please, I, I genuinely mean this in good faith. For those that would like to comment, if, I'm, if I've gotten something incorrect or if you would like to add to something that I maybe not have explained as well or I totally just missed, please do. This is the point of working together. I, I genuinely mean that. We need to work together to understand and discover the science, in my humble opinion. Or, again, whatever you want to call it. Science, magic, you name it. If you shrink temperature down to the smallest possible uh, uh, level or observational state of measurement, there is this one fundamental force that remains which seems to be this zero-point energy. Okay, we can call it, you know, again, the, for example, we have Alexei Novitsky, the astrophysicist, who has said to us both on the public end and on our Patreon side that he is of the humble opinion, space is not expanding or contracting our perception of space is, which would speak to UV light rays. And again, a lot of academic papers we're about to look at. So let's take a look before we get to some very interesting papers. Era of operation gate not exactly a mainstream media website to be fair operation gateway process reptilian beings emerged during CIA's interdimensional experiments in 1958 radio broadcasting executive Robert Monroe suffered a series of bizarre events. At the age of 43, he began feeling a strong vibration deep within his chest. Suddenly, the sensation grew so intense that he was forced to lay down. Once reclined, the typically rational businessman found himself hovering outside of his body. He immediately panicked, thinking he had died. But the crippling fear abl- abruptly—excuse me—returned him to his physical form. What's interesting here is that this then gave uh, fruition or birth, if you will, to again the—I believe—the uh, Monroe Institute. We see here the you know the hemisync, uh, for example. Out-of-body experience sounds or videos you can pull up on YouTube, right, to be able to, as they say, astral project or, again, create your own, dare I say, vortex or gateway or stargate, which would speak to, again, the gateway process. Okay, from the CIA declassified files. Now, I'm not trying to focus on uh, reptilians or anything like this. The point here is to understand that there may be a possibility of non-human intelligences that understand the way we work better than ourselves, which speaks to the example I gave at the very beginning about gatekeepers guarding from something they didn't even know they were guarding against themselves. Okay? Now, I say this because... It's not that we are not as intelligent as these alleged beings, dare I say I think we are more intelligent, hence why we may have been fractalized and or compartmentalized, or dare I say scalped if you will, or confined to a particular entropic vicinity. Entropic referring to entropy. Now, here's what's very interesting. According to Robert, Mr. Monroe, subjects would often often encounter interdimensional entities. Most frequently witnessed were reptilian humanoids. Viewers refer to the uncanny creatures as the alligators due to their crocodilian features okay now here's what's interesting for th- over 35 years the etheric investigator gathered insight about these startling beings he uncovered that the nefarious vertebrates have controlled and enslaved humanity for a millennia now I want to be clear I'm not trying to fear monger I want to be very very clear but again I think it is very vital to understand or attempt to understand the alleged I'm not saying I'm right here but the alleged landscape of the quote-unquote enemy it's not about going on a witch hunt against you know certain uh, beings in the non-physical or even humans in the physical that may May have actually contributed or added to this, dare I say, negativity and darkness. But again, unfortunately, as they say, as above, so below. If we want to understand the good side of things, we must also understand the bad side, which speaks to relativity and needing, as Mr. Elizondo said in our interview, a focal point of comparison. It's like when you pop into existence. Let's just say, for example, you right now, as if I'm speaking to you, wherever you are, at work, in your car, at home, in bed, you name it. Because I know a lot of you like to watch this in bed as you tell me, on, on you email me stuff, and I appreciate that. Um, Imagine you just pop into existence, just boom, just pop into existence, and you appear in what we know as a party, right? Someone's a house party or, you know, a club, you name it. How do you know if you just popped into existence? How do you know you're having a good time if you've never had a bad one? Your mind has nothing to compare it to, okay? So again, Let's carry on. These reptilians exist and operate in the fourth dimension and are only visible to individuals who can see beyond our extremely limited spectrum of visible light. Now again, this may speak to some great friends of the show, Tom Matt and many others who claim that again, this may be the case. And I want to thank Mr. Tom Matt for being so vocal and being so uh, forthcoming to sort of, you know, grab the bull by the horns and come out and say, listen. I don't think I'm crazy, others are seeing this too. And if you want to talk about synchronicities, we'll get there in a second, but... Reptilians feed off of our spiritual life force, which Monroe called Louche. Negative low vibrational energy is essential to their survival. These parasitic entities see Earth as a massive farm, where they harvest human fear, hatred, anxiety, anger, and depression. Their intelligence is equal or superior to human beings, and this elusive lizard-like race sees itself as superior and rulers of mankind. Okay. Mr. Monroe pursued transcendental endeavors until he passed away in 1995. His beliefs never changed, and he frequently warned of the sinister spiritual vampires. Uh, Gateway's revolutionary experiments continued throughout the 1980s. Okay, now, let's take a look at this right over here. An academic paper by Ezio Gagliardi and Giulia Mondini. DNA Modifications Through Remote Intention. You might say, Dave, what's remote intention? Honestly... You want to call it prayer, meditation, focus. When you talk to a plant, when you're watering it, it tends to blossom in a much more positive manner. I'd call it that. Simple as that. Now... Again, for those that say, Dave, how come when I stare at something and I try and get, you know, the glass to move or a physical object to do, to move or something like this, I can't? Well, I think part of it is us needing to get ourselves into a state of what's called, dare I say, bliss. And for our science friends, we can, you know, speak to that of Sir Roger Penrose's Emperor's New Mind book, Collapsing the Wave, so to speak. But I also think, again, not to get all tinfoil hatty and conspiratorial, but I think there's a... a, jammed frequency, scrambled frequencies all over and which speaks to again zero point if we're able to non-destructively self-implode and get to that zero point state if you will we may be able to enter that state of bliss that can literally then be able to you know move objects with our minds things like this now i'm not saying that is fact i'm just saying based on what we're seeing here so let's take a look what are we seeing Over the years, a number of researchers have tried to demonstrate that it is possible to modify matter. Again, what's matter? Matter is made up of what? Atoms? But what if atoms don't exist? What if it's only put in a particular set of orders that we are being told as sort of, say, the placebo effect in a consensus state is viewed as what's called cause and effect? But what if time is viewed differently to other beings than, than it is to us? Or what if we can view it just like them, but we need to open the, the possibility and open our mind to the possibility, excuse me, that we've been gatekeeping through, through entertainment, through society, through education, through all of that, something that has been right under our noses. We didn't even realize we've been pushing away from it, sort of like, ah, that's just your imagination, forget about it. What's the difference between imagination and remote intention and ideas and focus and prayer? What's the difference? I've yet to find one, and I genuinely mean it. If someone wants to le- let me know in the comments if I'm incorrect here, please do. But let's take a look. They all belong to the Consciousness Research Institute and have interacted at a distance with a solution of DNA, Ob- a DNA uh, obtaining significant modifications of the structure, demonstrating the theory of biological non-locality between the intention produced by the group and the effects on DNA. This is what's interesting, okay, because we see here. The possible effect of winding or unwinding on the DNA, again, the winding or unwinding, the Naga, the serpent, Mesopotamia, ancient Egypt, the DNA double helix, during the experiments has been monitored with a UV spectrophotometer, as DNA has within the double helix some functional groups which absorb at the wavelength of 260 nanometers. In case of DNA unwinding, the functional groups have greater exposition and therefore an increase of absorption at the same wavelengths. Okay, here's what's interesting as well too. Take a look at this. Biological non-locality. What the heck is biological non-locality? Let's pull up in real time. I wanted to save this in real time to, to help demonstrate. Uh, excuse me. That is a, uh, forgive me. Biological, as you can see here, my beautiful uh, Da Vinci sketchboard that I'll be submitting to the Louvre soon enough. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, let's actually, okay. So for those that have watched my interview with um, Lou Elizondo and Sean Cahill, let's take a look, for example, at this right over here. So entropy. Okay, is defined as chaos or randomness within a particular vicinity. Now, for those that are members of the show, I know I sound like a broken record, but I'm, I'm doing this for those that have not been on the Patreon side. What if it's not so chaotic or random, which speaks to biological non-locality? How does it speak to that, particularly the non-locality term? Because we are everywhere and nowhere simultaneously, which includes our our cells, you know, blood, skin, you name it. Now, I'm going to draw a line here to separate the two. Imagine non-humans view time as, again, events happening within a particular circle. Now, imagine us over here, okay? We, or something, or someone, for better or worse, is not for me to say, in my humble opinion. There's, you know, my great stick person here. Someone or something is telling us, no, no, no. Time works in a linear fashion. So green represents cause, and say red represents effect. So let me just expand my screen here. Okay, you see this pen? Literally, the film tenet. I know for those that are members, i brought this up quite often. But this pen right over here. In order for me to, to for the pen to get on the floor, I have to drop it. Right. That's cause and effect. But what if cause and effect don't have to come in that particular order? What if, say, for example, there's an inverted space within the entropic state of the vicinity of where the intent lies? Again, speaking to randomness or chaos within a particular confined vicinity, state, you name it. Forgive me, I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a quantum physicist. I'm doing my best to try and explain this. But again, what if, for example, I come... I walk into, into, the, uh, into the, the office here and I see the pen on the floor and I think that I've already picked it up and then boom, the pen comes into my hand. In pure th- scientific theory, as I understand it, that's theoretically possible because time does not necessarily need to move cause and effect, you know, one after the other. You might say, Dave, how so? Well, again, green represents cause, red represents effect. So what I'm going to do is this. The cause and effect in this particular state here pretend these are all different events that happen or will happen within a particular area on let's say earth or within smaller pockets because again it's scalable fractals big big entropic states smaller entropic states now say for example that to us here on earth on the surface in a linear fashion say we view things as again green is cause excuse me that's a c red is effect what if I can rearrange the order in which the pen was dropped picked up you name it so that the people so that for those that view time in a linear fashion based on some type of confinement within the UV light ray spectrum or many other ways relative to maybe a placebo effect or dare I say you know um Forgive me for if this is an extreme term. I'd like to thank a great friend of the show, Michael, for bringing this up. Spiritual waterboarding. Something is telling us to... Something is removing us and tricking our, our subconscious that this is all there is. When really, you know, we have higher selves, you name it. But again, point being is that green represents me dropping the pen. Ah, uh, what if I don't want to do that? What if I want to have it drop there on the ground first? And then red represents, you know, again, me picking it up or it falling to the floor. What if I want want it to fall to the floor first? Before I pick it up, I know that's a very confusing way to view it. But again, this may be one way that speaks to, again, biological non-locality. It's non-local because things are constantly popping in and out of existence all the time, which speaks to zero-point energy because you can find it everywhere. That Planck scale can be found everywhere and anywhere in space and time within the space-time metric. Okay. Now, for the sake of wanting to not harp on this for too long, let's move on. Another academic paper by Gér Rivera De Genio, PhD, twelve-strand DNA morphogenetic engineering via hollow fractal morphogenetic reprogramming of genetic information. I say this very humbly and respectfully. For those that keep saying, "Oh, we need to, you know, get um, uh, classified documents to find the smoking gun, the needle in the haystack," open-source data, folks. And I, I say this not as a um, not as looking down on anybody, but respectfully read it's out there it's out there guys just it doesn't need to be have a classified stamp on it and this is no disrespect to anybody but again let's take a look at what we're about to read here and then let's just scale it up let's remember that those within government are human just like you and i well okay you know what i mean for this example they think of ideas just like you and i now some smarter than others yes but that's all it essentially is you scale it up and there's your classified sensitive material you scale it down you can put some of it into the public literature simple in my opinion so take a look at this um let's see for example i'm not going to read all of this here we are let's take a look at this particular part right here we live in a hollow fractal holographic fractal morphogenetic cosmos now before we go on Holographic fractal. Does that not speak to the Project Carrot whistleblowers? Again, Mr. Bob Lazar, make of, you know, Mr. Lazar as you will. It's not for me to say if you believe him or not. But even Mr. Bill u Many different individuals have claimed when reverse engineering the nuts and bolts craft, for our nuts and bolts people in the audience here, no matter how much of the craft you shot off, chipped off, you name it, when you examined it closely, more closely, you noticed that it was a blueprint or archetype of the rest of the craft. Is that not cymatics, fractals, ripple effect, if you will? Again, perception. Sort of like these beings, I'm not, I'm not saying it is video game or simulation theory, but almost like these beings have to enter the video game with a particular avatar. And I'm, look, I'll use a, I'll use a perfect real-life example. You can't take a Call of Duty soldier and throw him into Grand Theft Auto, your, your character. The code doesn't work. You need to have the characters from Grand Theft Auto to play the Grand Theft Auto game, right? You can't take your Call of Duty player And bring them into GTA because the code is not the same or even Fortnite. It's the same idea. You can't. So again, let's take a look. Therefore, it is possible to affect specific genes via transmitting resonant frequencies into the morphogenetic field of the cell, utilizing the language of our DNA. And what is that? Magnetic scalar plasma energy. Okay, now first and foremost, plasma, this baffles my mind that on the public side of academia, we don't really know what plasma is, but somehow, you know, we got articles like, uh, you know, people like Jeff Bezos trying to stay young by injecting blood plasma into them. How do we, uh, how are you injecting blood plasma if we don't know what plasma is? Again, it's just, this is what I mean by it's right in front of our face, not to get conspiratorial. But now let's take a look at this right over here. Let's focus on the science. Scalar. Scalar. What is scalar? Hmm. According to Wikipedia, scalar fields in mathematics and physics, a scalar field or scalar valued function associates a scalar value to every point in space, possibly physical space. The scalar may either be a dimensionless mathematical number or a physical quantity. Essentially, examples used in physics include temperature distribution, the pressure distribution in a fluid and spin zero quantum fields, such as the Higgs field. These fields are the subject of scalar field theory. Okay. For in layman's terms, it's essentially this. Scalar energy as I understand it, forgive me if I'm incorrect, does not have a particular direction in which it travels in. It is everywhere and nowhere simultaneously. It has magnitudal energy, if you will, which speaks to, in my humble opinion, Sir Roger Penrose's Nobel Prize winning concept on spinners. Again, Speaking of spinners as, you know, circles and all of that, what are the vast majority of, you know, traditional disk-shaped crafts shaped as a circle, right? What did we do here in our sketch regarding entropy? A circle. It's the same idea. You, You zoom in, you zoom out, it's scalable, right? So again, let's take a look right over here. Um, A chromosome has a magnetic field in between the double helix known as the major groove. Oh, kind of like the god particle, the coil, as that's been shown in public academia, public lectures. It's out there, folks. I mean, again, as well as a chromosome, uh, excuse me, as well as a surrounding morphogenetic field comprised of scalar energy which contain the hollow fractal morphogenetic blueprint of that physical chromosome. If a chromosome is carrying a mutation that causes shortened lifespan or disease, then it is possible to reverse that mutated condition by reprogramming new resonant frequencies using utilizing scalar plasma energy and low frequencies, uh, low-frequential magnetic sound waves. Oh, you mean like extremely low frequencies? The ones that, again, in the 1960s, cycles per second was replaced with Hertzian measurement? But we notice that extremely low frequencies are not on the upper scale of the infrared hertzian spectrum. They're on the lower scale. And lower scale is extremely low frequencies, uh, ultra low frequencies or very low frequencies, ULF, ELF, or VLF. And what's the delta wave, the lowest frequency when we're asleep in a dream state, right? That's a low frequency, right? I could be wrong. But why hasn't there been much funding into what goes below the delta spectrum? It's been in our faces, folks. And I could be wrong. This is just my humble opinion. OK, now here's what's interesting as well. Take a look at this. Uh, OK, we have the scalar wave in this paper here and all of that. But this is what I find quite co- peculiar. We have, again, the the as they say, you know, the Kabbalah, all of this. But look at this right over here. Subsequently, the magnetic base codes of present day human DNA strand blueprints. One, two, three, four, seven, ten, eleven. Look at this, folks. Presently operate in reverse making DNA strand interlacing and thus interstellar gateway or stargate passage like Robert Monroe was doing via transmutative transharmonic accretion and perpetual life potentiality impossible. Transmutative transharmonic accretion. Okay, hold on a second. Let's think of, again, going back to scalar waves and scalar fields. It's everywhere, all the time, all over the place, at the Planck scale, right? Okay. Let's think, for example, of golden ratio, the Fibonacci sequence. And let's think of this right over here. Transmutative transharmonic accretion. You mean like accretion in our alleged pineal gland? Why do I say that? This is the Fibonacci spiral. This is the pineal gland. But I'll take it one step further. The pineal gland, as Exhibited here by the pine cone, which speaks to non-destructive self-implosion using phase conjugation and wave inter a longitudinal wave interferometry, as I understand it, seems to be resembled everywhere. Look, the rod down the center is in the medicine sim- uh, medicine symbol. It's in you know religious institutions. Again, the pine cone is ancient Mesopotamia, ancient Egypt. The pineal gland, right? Let's take it one step further. Take a look at this Venus, Mercury, Saturn, Mars. There's the Fibonacci sequence, the spiral. Let's take it one step further again. Oh, excuse me. Right over here. And you can do the Fibonacci sequence as well on the pineal gland. It's the same thing. Now, you might be saying, Dave, okay, hold on a second. We're only told publicly we only have two strands of DNA. The third one, I think, is non local, and we need to give remote intention when meditating to us internally to get to the Planck scale, to get to the center, excuse me, of the vortex. Why? Because like a toroid field, it's a cosmological feedback system. You need to get to the center in order to get to the next level, perhaps to ascend, if you will. Now, I I don't like to use the word ascend, but again, I'm just using that for the sake of, you know, ascend, enlightenment, whatever you want to call it, right? Now, interestingly enough, Here's the thing, as well, too, that I find so interesting. I think what we're seeing is okay. You know what? Here, let's do it like this. Let's look up. Let's start a, a brand new, right over here. Let's start a brand new uh, page here, and let us do this right over here. So, let's search up brain wave spectrum. Okay. Very basic image, very simple image. Let's take this one, for example. Human brain waves, okay? Beautiful. Delta is detached awareness or healing sleep at 0.1 to 3 hertz. Again, anything below that, don't uh, don't ask me why there hasn't been funding into it. God knows. I mean, you know, wink, wink. But point being, let's draw this delta wave. You see how, again, it seems to be more closer to being straight or collapsing, as Sir Roger Penrose and and, and Hameroff have stated as well, have, or have postulated. Okay, let's sketch that out. Let's sketch a delta wave out kind of like this, right? It's the closest we got publicly to there being a straight, precise wave or line, wave function. Now, let's look at alpha, right, beta, gamma. Again, relaxation, visualization, creativity. Let's take any of them, alpha, beta, gamma, and overlap the more fluctuating scalar waves, over top, the more straightened one. Watch this. Okay. Now, this is horizontal. Flip this vertically. What's the difference between this? Excuse me. And the DNA double helix? Again, the medicine symbol, as is seen, you know, the Naga, the serpent... What's the difference? Now, you might be saying, Dave, what about the pine cones? You remember the vortex? This is just viewing a toroid field, in my humble opinion, from 2D from above. Let's let's do this then. Watch this. Again, we're just exploring ideas. I could be very wrong, but... Excuse me. Sorry about that. What's the difference? Again... We've been taught constantly in my humble... And I could be very wrong here. Let me be clear. We've constantly been taught... I'm going to use another color just for the sake of demonstration. I'll use uh, yellow, let's say. We've always been told we need... To, you know, the spirit of God is within you. Let's say, as the Bible says, it's within you at the Planck scale, in my opinion. But religious institutions have said we need to pray outwards. Here's the thing. When you pray outwards, you create, again, in my opinion, Entropy which is, quote-unquote, chaos or randomness within a particular vicinity, the more that entropic state is broadened, the more you can one could, for better or worse, you know, dual-use purposes, as it's called, could rearrange the outcome of what occurs based on those internal subconscious projections, which is why I'm of the humble opinion... We are being operated on frequently, spiritually, you name it, but our subconscious is the operating table, and that is the thing that if enough of us, that is the concept that I dare to say, if enough of us realize and fully grasp, it's going to be very difficult for any negative entity in the physical or otherwise potentially to influence us in that regard. Let's take it one step further. ScienceAlert.com. Large Hadron Collider breaks proton record only days after three-year shutdown. This was very recently. Europe's Large Hadron Collider has started up its proton beams again at unprecedented energy levels after going through a three-year shutdown for maintenance and upgrades. Okay, now you might be saying, okay, Dave, what's the point of this, right? I'm not trying to go tinfoil hat here or anything like this, but do we find it quite peculiar that CERN is overlaid um, over top an alleged, I say alleged, ley line? Now, again, I say alleged because I could be very incorrect. There's speculation that, you know, these ley lines of, the, of uh, you know, Earth's grid and all of that, they shift, they change. So maybe I'm very wrong here, to be very clear. But again, it's not about me being right or wrong. It's about exploring and being open to the possibilities. Going back to the, very, the example at the very beginning. Again, one doesn't need to accept anything as fact if they want to learn outside of the traditional confinement of the institutional, uh, the institutional um, I guess you could say, suppression. But they need to be open to the possibility that they've been wrong. That's all they have to be. Not say I'm wrong, but just say, just be open to the possibility that they've been wrong. Again, as the saying goes, it's easier to fool. Sadly, it's easier to fool someone than to convince them or show them they're being fooled. Okay. For example, insiderpaper.com. Canada to prosecute uh, crimes on the moon. Again, it's been in front of our faces. What? Why is this even happening in this particular regard? Now, of course, you can say, Dave, for legal jargon, yada yada, all of this. But why is all all this space stuff happening in a handful of, uh, you know, a very tightly confined period of time? It makes one think, right? CTVnews.ca. Canadian defense minister was briefed on UFOs ahead of US Intel report. Interesting. Okay. Now here's what's very, very interesting. Alright, let's take this right over here. PsychedelicReview.com Altered Oscillations The Modulatory Effect of DMT on Brainwaves A recent Nature Paper Provides Novel Insights Into the Neural Correlates of the Breakthrough Experience Associated with DMT In the Psychonaut community One compound stands out in particular For its ability to immerse the user Into an entirely different but no less real world or dimension To our conventional plane of consciousness N-dimethyltryptamine is a serotonin urgic, serotonin excuse me, psychedelic, recognized as the active uh, constituent in the brew ayahuasca. Here's what's very interesting. People who have gone through these experiences on DMT claim that their experiences in that DMT realm were more quote-unquote real than them speaking to ones in the physical, which speaks to, again, this, is a, this may also be a very deep philosophical statement. I'd like to thank this particular gentleman for pointing this out to me, and you know who you are, sir. Thank you very much. One needs to close sometimes one needs to close their eyes in order to see i know that's that that's deep right but here's what's interesting as well users describe psychedelic experiences under the influence of DMT as breakthrough experiences characterized by intense somatic visual and emotional effects imagine if we for hypothetically we had telekinesis we had the ability to all communicate and feel What each other's feeling i think the piece of i think the world would become a lot better a lot more quickly because we'd be able to feel the emotions in which all of us globally are going through so we're going to want to naturally help each other like dropping a rock in a pond it ripples in in this case in a good sense in my opinion let's take a look at this ancient-archaeology.com 830 million year old microorganisms found trapped in rock salt could still be alive an incredible discovery has just revealed a potential new source for understanding life on ancient Earth. Ah, interesting. A team of geologists has just discovered the remnants of prokaryotic and algae alg- or algal life trapped inside crystals of halite or halite dating back to 830 million years ago. But does time matter? Does it really matter if it's entropic or in a state of quote unquote chaos or randomness? Especially if it expands into that Planck scale, which is everywhere constantly, which would further the possibility that there is no future nor past, there is only now, we are only perceiving things as future and past. What if the past is really just an information, a set of information blocks at this point? Interesting, isn't it? Why do I say that? Because if it's a set of information blocks, you may be able to, again, overcome anxiety, stress, uh, depression, or negativity of things and actions that you feel very guilty of much more easier when you realize there's only now. And you're able to forgive your past self. Speaking of which, dailygrail.com. Between time and space, are synchronicities evidence that our universe is made of information? Interesting, isn't it? Again. Information structures. And rearranging those structures to tell our brain subconsciously and have our five observable senses relative to the light waves that confine the spectrum within our biosensors that receive those light waves. It's cause and effect. We're living in a linear world. But what if we're really not? Right? Speaking of which, Indy100.com. You want to talk about all these articles just coming out now, like in the last handful of months? Go figure. Sci- I mean, <laughs> scientists think there could be an anti-universe where time runs backwards. Hmm. Techexplore.com. Researchers teleport quantum information across rudimentary quantum network. Ah, you don't say. Markettechpost.com. Researchers from Trinity College, Dublin, propose WasteNet, a waste classification model based on convolutional neural networks. Neural networks. Huh. Again, sort of like fractals, sort of like the mycelium network within plants. Again, it's fractal, it's scalable. You zoom in, you zoom out. And if we are non-local, if we exist everywhere and nowhere simultaneously, we are, again, I say this very carefully, a, we are all a piece of that metaphorical pizza or pie, which is why we can all move around that pie wherever we like. In the quote-unquote non-physical or non-material. Now, for those that may not be so spiritual and maybe more nuts and bolts, just think of it like this. Just think of you know this as they say spiritual realms or non uh, or the ether realms or something like this, which I believe there are an unlimited amount of. Um, think of them as lasers, quantum lasers, fiber optic cables, light waves. It's the same idea. To help you get there with... I know some people need the, the, the hard science to get them there. And I, I, I hear you. I hear you, right? Speaking of which, TechExplorer.com, Self-sensing artificial muscle based on liquid crystal elastomer and low melting point ally, uh, alloys. Material scientists and bioengineers at the intersection of regenerative medicine and bio-inspired materials seek to develop shape-programmable artificial muscles with self-sensing capabilities for applications in medicine. Interesting. Why do I say that? Okay, well, let me just say that there is a, an academic paper on bio-nanomaterials by a handful of individuals, uh, Mr. Charles uh, Lieber being one of them, discussing that the more, quote-unquote, comfortable-looking nanotech hardware is to the organic cell of a human in the human body, the more accepting the human cell will be of the electromagnetic pulse inserted into the capillary. Which, again, let's scale that up. What if a cell is us as a human? And what if, again, going back to, not to fearmonger, but this whole concept of Mr. Monroe and the reptilians, right? What if, as Mr. Luella Zondo has said too, the zoo example, right? We have gorillas in a cage at a zoo, and they're free within the cage. But don't kid yourself, there's always a guard with a shotgun on hand in case one gorilla escapes. Or a gorilla realizes, hold on, I am in a cage and I can get out of it. It's the same idea. What if, in this case, the reptilians are the guards with the shotguns? Again, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just exploring ideas here for the sake of it. Um, Now, what if reptilians then can, quote-unquote, shapeshift or dress up the same way guards do as the gorillas so that we are more accepting of the appearance, therefore we are more conducive to engagement with them? Sort of like the organic cell is more conducive to engagement with bio-nanomaterials, when within its view, and it's viewed in that of a cone, by the way, sort of like, again, like what we were viewing here, the cell starts here, and the uh, the metaphorical eye of the cell is viewed in that way, sort of like you're in an information structure, right, sort of like in a video game, it's only loading where you, you currently see, because the infra- these beings, arguably, these reptilians, may not be shape-shifting, They may be changing the light wave spectrum of the information structure relative to the quote-unquote time it takes for the biosensors within our neural system in our eyes to interpret. Just like, again, uh, the knife through butter. As Mr. Elizondo has said as well, too, the knife through butter. When we see craft or beings walk through walls or solid surfaces, are they really going through the solid surfaces or are they voiding denser metrics? Of vibrational states, and how do things vibrate through spin? And through spin, you get what's called magnitude. Magnitude means it's going in all directions, and what is that? Scalar. Again, I could be wrong, just exploring ideas. Now, take a look at this newatlas.com. Again, yesterday, as of the day I'm recording this, this came out smallest if this was a year ago i would have had to look like dig deep to look for this kind of stuff right for you know studies from months ago or years ago it's come there's something new every every other hour smallest ever remote control walking robot uses shape memory alloy okay i'm going to be honest i think of the roswell memory alloy material but i'm not trying to even go there but again look at this these tiny robots can be remote controlled by using heat to deform shape memory memory sort of like again an information structure excuse me Sort of like The Matrix, same idea, right? Now again, nature.com, artificial intelligence is breaking patent law. The patent system assumes that inventors are human. Inventions devised by machines require their own intellectual property law and an international treaty. Again, look, it's right in our faces, folks, in a visual sense, pertaining to, again, there is no future, there is no past. There is only now. And the past are information blocks, sort of like, again, the blockchain with quantum computers. Again, it's the same type of paradigm in this regard. Just trying to help visualize. Right? Now, I don't know why I loaded the mobile version, but businessinsider.com. Bill Gates says most virtual meetings will move to the metaverse within three years, and workers will interact using VR headsets and avatars. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Again, I'm not trying to get all conspiratorial, but the point here is that if we're moving into... If, if there are people that want to use VR headsets and, you know, put suits on like in the movie Ready Player One to put us into a metaverse, who's to say we aren't in one now? And that's... I'm not saying that's for better or worse, to be fair, but it makes you think. It really makes you think. So, again... Folks, I'd like to truly thank you so very kindly for watching and or listening. Um, I know there's quite a lot here to take in, but I think ultimately this is what needs to be, um, uh, dare I say, disseminated in a way that we can work together on elaborating. Now, please, I encourage all of you to tell me if you think I'm wrong, you think I'm incorrect or something like this. But again, this is the whole concept of using open source data to aggregate information in a way that may make sense, but maybe I'm totally off. So without further ado, thank you so very kindly and we'll catch you all very, very soon. Cheers.